Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of Let's Rage Cougs presented by the Lazarine Law, For- Law Firm. We're coming off the heels of a devastating, disappointing, heartbreaking 31-24 to loss. The Houston Cougars fall to number eight ranked Texas Longhorns. But whew, there's plenty to talk about. Yeah, give a heck of an effort to the Houston Cougars because they by far put together the best performance of the entire season. Joining me is Dayon. We'll get to everything that happened between Houston and Texas on the other side of the internet. It's time for the original Houston postgame show. Uh, let's rage coups. <laughs> Again, the line to make, really at the nine-yard line. Watch where he's right there. He's there. Now comes the pushback, and then see. They're going to roll him out. Pass is incomplete. Broken up. Stephon Johnson. So, what a game. Welcome to Let's Rich Cougs, presented by the Lazarine Law Firm. Dan Lazarine founded the Lazarine Law Firm to provide legal representation to individuals who have been injured or arrested in the greater Houston area. Dan Lazarine understands that bad things sometimes happen to good people. Worse, false allegations are made every day with offices in the Houston and Sugarland area. Dan is equipped to handle your legal needs in Harris County and surrounding counties, including Fort Bend here in Texas. If you have been injured or find yourself in other legal trouble, call the Lazarine Law Firm at 281-721. 720 or visit Dan online at for a consultation. Dayon, let's get into it. I mean, heartbreaking is an understatement. Houston had a couple of plays there, and they could have pulled up the up to the century, knocking down number eight Texas. But there was really that fourth quarter, a lot of issues, a lot of mistakes when it came to muff punts from Malik Fleming that, that was – um, fortunately, did not end up being in an, an, a turnover, but it very well could have. Matthew Golden's penalty, but there were big plays as well. And Sam Brown, just overall, the fight that Houston put in this game is it was phenomenal. But whew, it's it's just uh, gut to the punch with the way it ended up going because they were right there. They were right on the cusp of potentially upsetting Texas, and honestly, they didn't even get the opportunity to. Well, I wouldn't say they didn't get the opportunity to because they had the opportunity, many opportunities. But I get that. I, I get what you're getting at with that. And I, I, I agree with that. Tough game, man. Well, just watching that game was just kind of I don't want to say it's a moral victory to kind of say you kind of hung in there. But just looking at the totality of the games that they lost in the Big 12 outside of Tech kind of getting away late. Houston opportunity to win those games. And so I don't think Houston is far off from actually really contending. In the Big 12, I think um, they had moments to win that game. I'm sure we'll get more in details of particular moments. But Donovan Smith, I think, has proven and is con- will continue to prove if he can sustain um, the level of consistency that he's had so far this season. I think with this year and another year, he could play himself into being an NFL drafted quarterback. I think we saw the good of Donovan Smith. We saw the bad of Donovan Smith with that interception. That was a costly interception, too. Um, the ball just sailed on him, and he didn't yeah. see the safety over the top. And, and and it was a costly interception. Ultimately, they get they, they at least manage a field goal there. Maybe they're in a different position. They play things um, a little bit different. Joining us 
uh, is Chris, Chris Gardner from the Houston Round Ball Review. Let's see if, um, can you hear us, Chris? Yes, I can. I can. Yep. Sorry I'm late. I, I had a phone call in the emergency, so I'll have to probably leave in an hour. But, you know, yep. No worries. No apologies. Let me go ahead and say my piece. I'm sure you already said it. That call was horrible, man. That spot was horrible. Yes. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Replay, Stacey Sneed was was. <laughs> Damn near crossed the nine yard line. Okay, not just at the nine yard line. Look like he was across. He was at the eight and a half yard line. Yes, and then <laughs> the spot was back at the nine and a half yard line. I mean, what? What the hell, man? A serious question: could, could Dana Homerson have challenged that? Is that supposed to come from the booth? What? What is the? It has to. It has to. It's, it's a college thing, so it's different than the NFL. I think it's it's up to the officiating crew, not not the Cougs, anybody else. I don't believe they can challenge yeah, that. I'm not sure about the time, but I know he had one timeout. If you call a timeout there, then they'll review it. But it's also a injured player on that play. You have time to inc- request the officials to do See, it. See, that's I what I thought was, was happening, yeah. But yeah. I think just even from him not even challenging, I think the officials dropped the ball on that. I think that's one of the officials. You see it on the replay. You call in how they communicate in their systems. And that's just something they have to correct. That's just an unfortunate situation right there for them to end the game on, on a missed error by the officials. Chris Dayon, let's be honest. The officials were terrible all game long. <laughs> Think back to the holding. They threw the flag, and that was a fourth down conversion. Ultimately, Texas didn't get any points on that, but they had it right the first time. It was a hold. And then not only did they take that flag away, but when they showed the replay, it was clearly a face mask. A face mask yeah. Longhorns <laughs> yep. well. Even Matthew Golden's call. It was. I understand why they threw the flag, but you watched the replay. It wasn't intentional. It's like after the play, they're like jostling because of like they were blocking, and his hand got caught on his face mask. It wasn't. You know, you see sometimes where a player intentionally grabs a face mask. What it wasn't even that. It was accidental, and then and it drew a flag. But man, the yellows in for officiated game for sure. Houston had a chances to win the game. Although all things being said, they still had chances to win that game. I'm not mad at that fourth down call because the receiver was open a better throw. He, he converts that. Stop. But I, I would still rather a quarterback power. You got a six foot five quarterback yeah. over 240 pounds, and we've yet to see a quarterback sneak this season. Maybe one. And so, but yeah. like I said, I can I can question that call, but the call that he made was a good call because the receiver was open, ball was th- ball thrown behind him. Unfortunate situation, but so I can't really critique it too much, but they play well, man. Defense. I, I, I agree with you because Dana's been consistent on that fourth and inches, fourth and one. That's what he calls. He's not gonna do a QB sneak or anything like that. Maybe I should just give up, give up on hoping Maybe that he'll finally do it. Not, <laughs> I, you know, I'm curious. I'm curious to have the rationale behind that. Maybe Donovan Smith is just not. I say that, but how? All he needs to do is get the ball and either I mean, go the, higher or the, go low. As Parker says, or the Eagles fans say. The tush push, man. Just to, to do that, man. Tried. The Jalen Hurts power. I I don't I don't know. But. Tony yeah, and Tony and me well. Right. I will say that. Yeah, Andy was close, so man. Close. I, I was ready. I was ready for it to come on and 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 be happy to be wrong and and all those good things and and ask Andy where he wants to go for um, the steak dinner and everything like that. But you know the the Longhorns won with some help from the the stripes. Which is what Longhorn teams have done for years, and going back to Southwest Conference days and everything else. But the Cougs played well. Turnover here and there, you know. 
this is the kind of effort I think people, fans can accept and yeah. hang their hat on. Definitely. And so it's something to build on. But I, I, I'm going to be that guy. I'll raise the bar now. This is what I expect. Okay, I've seen Donovan Smith. It looks like Dana trusts Donovan acceptable fourth and inches, you know, to run. He trusts him to make plays. And Donovan's in a groove. He's playing well. Let's see them carry it forward for the rest of the season. I think Donovan is comfortable and he's confident in the system now. That's what I'm seeing. I think the play calling has a lot to do as well, but I think Donovan is seeing the field well. He's recognized the coverages and knowing the offense so well that he knows where to go with the football, being on the coverage and the call that he gets. And I've been very impressed with him. But you, Andy and Chris, after that tech loss, both of you guys was like looking at the schedule like, I don't know where I can see another win. And, and I, I still was don't. Telling, I don't know. I, I can't yeah. let you guys off the hook. And I was telling y'all, Houston has competed in these games, and it, they one or two calls either way, they can win. And I was like, but, I, but, I feel, and I know what you're saying is true. What did y'all see today to make you? Y'all still but, feel the same way, or y'all is, feel like? What, what yeah, feel? yeah, I still feel the same way for one very simple reason: who's head coach? That hasn't changed. <clears throat> that has not changed. Okay, the effort was good. It was. But there were some things they on. Bottom line, you all to record says you are. The three and four. Yep, they were close here, close there, there, but they still lost. They could be close, close here, here, and there for the next five games and still lose. Yeah. And to That's Houston's credit. To Houston's but they played credit. well today. These past games against, against TCU, they probably won, but they didn't. Against, most definitely against West Virginia, second half completely every day, down to your point, like you said. Against Texas Tech and against TCU, that was just something that, that it was not clicking for them in the second half, whether it be the second half adjustments that both uh, the Horn Frogs and the Red Raiders made, where there was, there was, it just seemed like there was a gap. There was a gap because it seemed like they could compete for a first half and then it just fell off a cliff in the second. They found something against West Virginia and then, it, then there was a mental lapse for those last five minutes. Today against Texas, Chris, I can't, I can't agree with you even more. If this is the, – the bar has been raised. If this is the effort from week one against UTSA that the – I've never seen the Houston Cougars defense. I haven't seen the defense swarm like they did today. They were anticipating plays. They were making – they were anticipating plays. Give credit to Jamar Caldo who went out of the game early. But he – he or not early, but he went out of the game late. late. Was he was serious, making yeah. plays early. Um, seemed like he was in the backfield. David – um, how do you say his last name? Aga. I always butcher Oregu. He was making plays in the backfield. Nelson Caesar got the big sack on Quinn Ewers. David delivered the ball that took Quinn Ewers out the game. We're unsure how serious that's going to be for Quinn Ewers. And Chidozi Nwakwo, he made plays over the course of the game. The I've never seen the defense swarm consistently. Now they've put it in stretches, but from the second quarter onward. This Houston defense was phenomenal, and they're the only reason why Houston was in a position to win because they stopped the Texas Longhorn offense for those three quarters, honestly. And let it's me still, say real quick, ahead, the, the announced okay. attendance was 42-8-12, 42-8-12. Okay. Does that top uh, – can I, let me, can I respond to Andy's point that he was making? And this is what I've seen throughout the entire year. The defense from the game one, that's the first game of the year, and so certain things – will happen because you figure out who your team are, who your team is. And this is what I've seen from the defense. 
throughout the, the entire game, the entire season, I mean. And spurts, they've given up drives. And then once they've made adjustments, it's buckled down. They've able to get stops. You go back to TCU, second half. You go to different games, Tech, the second half. Um, UTSA, Sam Houston, Texas. It's consistent what the defense has been able to do to give the offense time to and a chance to convert. And so that's why um, I've said what I said in regards to them being in games. And so I, I kind of disagree with that point as if the defense has done something they haven't done all year. This has been consistent back-to-back weeks in which the defensive line and the front seven has been able to hold their own. That's where I was surprised the most in this game because the front seven, front four was able to hold their own without having to blitz or having to bring an extra man and not allow Texas just to run wild in regards to t- run the time of possession. And so, but other than that, the defense has been kind of doing what they've done all year, in my opinion. But, yeah, I've seen but, it. But that was an extra, that was Sark, something extra. Sark helped. No, no. Steve Sarkeesian helped. That fake field goal. Come on, man. What is that? You got momentum. Keep the momentum. That's, that's part of the game, though, because you, you convert them, no. you put them away. It's part of the game, Chris. Play call. Now you a pass to your kicker, who's not a great athlete. There's other ways to do a fake field goal than tossing the ball to your kicker. Hope, hope he gets six yards. That play call was just bizarre. But the defense played well, and you said it. The defense played well. Second quarter on, they were down twenty-one nothing. Okay, you can't start partial. slowly. But a big portion That's of that too was Houston's offense that they they looked like they were outmatched that first quarter. They couldn't get anything done. And that's the problem. The slow starts are coming back playing well, second through fourth quarters against a lot of teams, results in wins. Against a team like Texas, it was close. If it's 10 7 at the end of the first quarter, hell, 14, it was 14 nothing, but it, it gave up 21 straight points, score something in the first quarter. Get a drive going. But they made adjustments a little bit too late. You can't have these slow starts on both ends of the the ball in that first quarter. I put that more on the players being locked in because I love the aggressive play call to start the game going deep to Donovan on a double. I mean, to Donovan going deep to Sam Brown on a double move. He had his player beat. He just to come down with the football, which that's a play that he normally makes. Make that catch. Yeah, that sucked the life out of the team for like a few minutes. Playing. So I, I like the aggressiveness in which Dana came out and calling. I think the players just got to be a lot more locked in in regards to making that play and executing it. But other than that, I really can't. I mean, I can't. That was really... that was a great call. And yeah, Sam just dropped execute, it. Right? That's yeah. the whole thing: is execution <laughs> no. in those situations and um, continue to put together the full full four quarters and learning how to win and doing. It. Chris Rex seems to agree for you with you expected for the rest of the season is set. I think that's that's the biggest. You feel a lot of optimism for the football team, especially after last week. They they something they figured out something against West Virginia. They put their best effort. I think we could. I don't think this is a hot take to say this is the best that Houston, the best effort that Houston has put together. Under Dana Holgerson, and I got that's going back to the 2021 season when they even outside uh, of last week. Straight. What's the difference between this effort and last week? What are you guys seeing? Uh, maybe I maybe I don't understand. What are you guys seeing from today that's different from last week and the previous effort? What what's what's the difference in my in your guys' opinion? Today was it, the key stops. I, I think Dana is calling a better game. I, you know, he did a little bit of this last year. It it takes him like four, five, six games into a season to realize what works. Come on, man. Donovan Smith started slowly in game one. Okay. But the play calling, we said it 
opening season. Got to be aggressive. He hasn't been aggressive up until the last two weeks, calling plays and offensively. That's part of his job to know what works for your team. Earlier than game six and seven in a season, the effort was there today. The effort was there last Thursday. This is what fans, we, we've criticized him a lot. He's the offensive guru. Well, don't take five, six games to figure out what works for your team. Offensive genius. And that's the same effort that wasn't there week two against Rice. And that's the frustrating portion. That's the, yeah. the big time frustrating portion. You know, and, and that's see, that's the thing. They took Rice for granted. Don't take any opponent for granted. You can't do that. A, a, a slow start there. They've had too many slow starts through these seven games. That's, that's, that's a pattern. They can't do that. They're not good enough to spot teams like this and still come away with wins. So that that's a frustration that needs to be fixed. They got to do a great job and play four complete quarters. The bar's been raised, but they were down 21 nothing today. They were down 28 nothing to Rice. Can't stop. Cut that stuff out. And then see what you can do first quarter on and carry it on through. And we start next week. We'll see. But the bar's been raised. I'm trying to find the message on the comments, but I can't remember who. It might have been Reed who brought up the great point. The one group that looked like they were outmatched over the entire game was the offensive line, specifically when it came to run block. Run block because they yeah. could not create a push whatsoever. What's the rest of your read? He says the online has proven time and time again it can't get the push against anybody. And he's talking about the continued throwing on, on third and fourth and short, which, I mean, heck, it, it worked phenomenal for Houston today against Texas. But that, Especially the that right was side an area. The line. Yep. That was an area that they they got manhandled over the course of the entire game. And ultimately, even though as controversial as that last spot was, it ended up being – on. it was a factor in the last play of the game, the last offensive play of the game for Houston. Yep. Parker Jenkins and Stacey Sneed – even though I think Stacey got six yards out of five, but they had 12 carries combined for 28 yards. I'm not going to toss in Donovan Smith, you know, because some of those sacks kind of negative yards for him for rushing. But overall, Cougs 19 attempts for 14 yards. That's, you know, clearly that's, that's, not, that's not good enough. So the, the short passing game opened up, intermediate stuff. So you, you have to make adjustments you know, three-step drop, whatever, quicker, getting rid of the ball. But, yeah, the run game's got to be better. Got to be better. Put a pause on it real quickly. For those of you guys that may just be joining us, this is Lethbridge Cougs, presented by the Lathering Law Firm. We are, of course, talking all things Houston and number eight, Texas. The Longhorns come down to Houston into TDTU Stadium, and they get into a – dogfight and they're going to feel this for the rest of the season obviously we don't know entirely um what's the status of quinn ewers and houston obviously is going to feel it as well but this is let's rage coogs like i said presented by the lazaring law firm dan lazaring founded the lazaring law firm to provide legal representation to individuals who have been injured or arrested in the greater houston area dan lazaring understands that bad things sometimes happen to good people 
and worse, false allegations are made every day. With offices in Houston and Sugarland, and is equipped to handle your legal needs in Harris County and Fort Bend County here in Texas. If you have been injured or find yourself in other legal trouble, call the Lathering Law Firm at 281-720-8551 or visit Dan online at www.latheringlawfirm.com for a consultation. Of course, we also like to say thank you to today's secondary sponsor, which is Star Pizza with multiple locations across the Houston area. Star Pizza is your go-to stop before or after the game. And uh, with how crazy this game was, it certainly builds up an appetite. It wouldn't be uh, would be the best stop to go through to Star Pizza after the game and, and fill that craving that was built up after Houston and UT. I think we can all agree on this. It's a shame that these programs aren't going to see each other again on the football field for years and wouldn't be surprised if it's for decades again until these two programs step on the field. Chris, we can't, we can't. But, but, but you know, we know why who doesn't want to play. Oh. Continue this. <laughs> I think we saw exactly why today. <laughs> you know, so that, that you those burnt orange people, you know, they don't want to continue this because at some point they're afraid that the Cougar talent will get on the level or pass it, and they don't want to deal with that. And you know what I think will take for Texas to change their mind, and which I think is highly possible from what I've seen from Houston is change um, the narrative around them and be consistently good and competing for a Big 12 championship. That way, if they raise their stock and it's not like for Texas, I can see from being objective Texas, viewing Houston, it's like if we if we lose to Houston, it's an upset. It doesn't it doesn't hurt us. So I can see if Houston's able to raise their stock maybe in a year or two down the line and Texas is, is able to remain um, to what their expectations are in regards to their program, then I can see the teams playing because the rivalry is there, the demand is there, the money, all of that stuff in regards to off the field is there. So, I, I mean, objectively, I can understand that from a Texas perspective. I mean, honestly. My... I salute you for being objective from a Texas perspective, but a lot of them, the long-haul folks, are not objective. <laughs> okay. Too many of them still think UH is Cougar High. And that left years ago. But hey, your logic makes sense. If the Cougs raise their status, national level, competitive, winning Big 12 championships, who knows down the line? Heck, I'd be good with it somewhere down the line, face them in a bowl game and smack them around and then say, Y'all want to play us again? I'm good with that. So, hey, but Longhorn fans, Longhorn administration, it's, they're just different they say they want compet- competition no, no you don't 22 years but they don't have a problem playing uh the rice owls on a consistent yeah, basis play them every year yeah but we digress mm-hmm. um <laughs> speaking of rice it just makes the way the football season has gone just more frustrating and thinking back to the flashes and and i mean this is for me, for my personal opinion, this is the high watermark for Houston this season. And Tayon, to your credit, you've been saying that since week, since the first conference game in the Big 12 when they played TCU, that they can not only compete, but they can dethrone, they can upset, uh, beat some of these Big 12 teams. Big caveat has been consistency. Looks like they're starting to become more consistent. But let's look at the first quarter struggles because as crazy as the game, it ended up coming down to the wire. Texas did build a 21-0 lead, and a big 
reason for that was because of Houston's inability to be able to move the ball consistently on offense, which then in turn put the defense in a tough, difficult position to have to constantly be out in the field and try to stop that Texas Longhorns offense. I think Houston had 15 total yards in the first quarter. That keeps your defense on the field. Horns had the ball in the first quarter like 10, 11 minutes in the first quarter. That's going to get you worn down, which is really more commendable for the Cougs defense after giving up, you know, 21. They did a good job, even though supposedly from weeks ago, Cougs don't have enough depth to compete in the Big 12. Once again, they prove well, they do. <laughs> once again, they prove they do because they they came back in this game and competed and scared the hell out of the Longhorn fans, players, and probably coaches and administrators. So they have something here in Houston working. I think Houston's probably about six or seven dogs away from really being able to win the Big Twelve, primarily on a def- on the offensive line and a few on a defensive line. But I, I think they're not too far away. I think Donovan Smith is the quarterback over the next – if he stayed next year, I think he can do it. You got the perimeter skills. I think Coach Hoverson, I mean, I know we criticize him a lot, but from what I'm seeing, I think he can he can lead them there. I, I, I feel objectively saying that. I don't have any confidence saying it. I would bet my money saying that. But the talent that they have and the way that Donovan Smith continues – because he's still learning it. Um, on the fly in regards to being the man. And so I can see him, this interception that he learned today, I think that's a learning experience. I, I can see him learning from that, erasing that, and even playing even better going on down the line and winning these games because I think he got it. The it factor, with him, he got it. I just think that now he's learning. He it, Take away that, maybe not have that fumble, which they're not his fault, but maybe he – recognize to get just little things that I think a quarterback that he can do and he can learn as the players continue to learn and and believe I, I think that um Houston is not too far off from from and from my opinion from what I'm seeing. We'll see. I I salute your positivity. I truly do. But I don't want to see them take a step back next Saturday at K State. I know it's a road game but I mean a step back in the sense of no effort Defense struggles, offense struggles, those kind of steps back. Road games in the Big 12, road games in any good conference are going to be difficult. But if the Cougs take a step back next Saturday, then I'll be disappointed. What do you do? What point. do you guys define as a step back before you go in? It's hard to cut you off. Apologize. What just so fans or no, poor defense, poor tackling, poor offense, a 20 yeah, yard, 20, 20 yards in the first half. Because if you can give up X amount of yards and maybe they go two for 10 in the red zone. And you know what I'm saying? They're, what I just want to be clear. 30 yards in the first half offensively. How about that? That's poor. And giving up 300. That's poor. That's what I was going yeah. to say, down to your point originally about them slowly building it up into a Big 12 contender potentially was how many recruits were there in attendance today, Chris? So it was more than they had at TCU, which was he, two. Coach Hogerson said upwards of 300. Which, more than 250 and almost 300. A game like today, that is something that you can start winning over a lot of those recruits. It was a packed house, like you attendance over 40, 42,800. 
by the way, do you know off the top of your head, is that more than the Louisville game, the Lamar Jackson-Louisville game? I'm trying to look that up. I'm not sure, yeah. I'm not sure, but I, I, cause have they sent out the stats yet? Because about the the uh, final numbers, they, that's a they, record? Let's they see. just sent it. They just sent the stats. I don't know if they, they acknowledge it. Uh, but the point that I wanted to make was that, that that is the type of performance that you are proud of and that you can start to win over a lot of those recruits um, against one of the best teams, a top 10 team in the country that you were right there on the last offensive drive of the game to potentially pull off the upset. Consistent performances like that week in and week out, to your point, Chris, that's how you start to turn around the program now. Whether they're able to do that is going to be another question. Um, and I guess we're going to see next week when they have to travel and play Kansas State. And y'all know I'm an alum. Folks are new to Less Rage Cougs. I'm a proud UH alum. But Rex is correct here as well. Lots of UT fans helped attendance today. I want hope that it's more every game, you know, don't take the Longhorns coming to the stadium to fill it up. You come see the Cougs play, not the opponent. So I'd prefer 80-20 Houston. That's what I want to see. 80-20 Houston. According, they they did not top it. They were 10 fans short. That Louisville game was 42,822 in attendance. Today's game against the Longhorns was 42,812. So they just missed out on being able to suppress 10 people or 10 people short. Um, according to the official sentence that they just gave out, they just sent the final stat book on the, on the scoring sheet, which has the official attendance for today's game between Houston and Texas. And 12, but. But Rusty, <laughs> this, this, this point is true. Though the overall record is lopsided. Some of the most, Humiliating UT losses have been to the Cougars. That is true. Today was nearly another one. UT ain't going to play us if they aren't forced, and that's probably a bowl game matchup. That's probably the only way they would do it. I hope somewhere in the future it happens and it's scheduled and not just not a bowl game matchup. I just doubt it. They Too many of them don't respect UH. Don't respect UH enough to want to compete against UH because they would see even if the Cougs were on a nationally relevant again, they would still see it as, Oh, we lost to Houston. Oh, Oh, ick. they're, they're, they're beneath us. How dare we lose to Houston? I, they still think we're no. Mm-mm. Hope I'm wrong. Might take a long time, but hope I'm wrong on that one. Oklahoma shown they have no problem playing against Houston with the, the home and home. They just set up the Longhorns thing. Different fans, though. Different administration, different folks. Definitely. When we look at this game, no, not to be uh, hypercritical, but that, that is what we do. We are a post-game show. Something that could have played a factor was those two timeouts that Houston had to burn in the very beginning of the third quarter and the second one in particular where I'm not entirely too sure what happened there. It looked like well, Dana Hoverson was most definitely he was pissed off because I don't know if he was pissed off at Doug Belk or something and then Doug Belk looked confused and he was angry in his own right because he they it looked like both of them had no idea who called the timeout. Right. It looked like Doug Belk said who called timeout. Who, 
oh, he definitely did. <laughs> I mean, if you read his lips, that's definitely what he tells. And I don't know if he's telling Dana or he's trying to look to see who called timeout. They were both pissed off that they had to waste those two timeouts. And ultimately, potentially, they ended up playing a factor. Yeah, and I hope our colleagues brought that up in post game <clears throat> to get Dana's answer to it because it was just weird because the clock was winding down. And then next thing we see, the official says Houston calls timeout on on defense. What? So yeah, that was that was a weird word, and it, it could you know it was costly. And Dana was pissed, pissed, but I don't know who, who he was pissed at. Players, staff, don't know. Small things here and there that ultimately be uh, turned out to be the difference in the game. Um, let's talk about the receiving core for Houston because they showed out that day on. That's one of the positions that you've been high on. It's going back to the offseason. That's a position that heading into the season, we those one group, they're big 12 ready. That definitely was the position and they proved it. They balled out all three players um, in Sam Brown, Matthew Golden and Joseph Manjack. Now, of course, they weren't perfect with a couple of key mistakes, specifically when it comes to the final uh, possession with the penalty, but if it wasn't for those receivers, this game would have never been in a position to potentially have a walk-off upset. <laughs> and they consistently beat man-to-man today. That's one thing that I was impressed with. Man, Jack, um, Brown, and Gold to consistently beat man-to-man. They did a good job of recognizing the coverage and making adjustments in the second half. I got to give credit to Coach uh, Hogerson as well for making those adjustments, realizing the coverage that they're getting and calling shorter, crisper inside breaking routes and being able to um, beat that man of coverage or if they were out of identified, do drag routes to make them have to see through the man coverage. And so the receivers, man, they can compete against any level week in, week out. Matthew Golden, I think, had his best game of the year. Sam Brown, I think he could have had even a better, better game. He'd make that first catch. He, he's next level. I mean, I see next level in him. All three of those receivers are really, really good. I mean, Man Jack is, is a good possession receiver, can break tackles tough. They all complement each other really, really well. I like how Donovan spread the ball well around and even got the tight end, McLaughlin, uh, I think maybe one or two catches. But um, the receiver call is ready. Offensive line gave Donovan enough time, I think. I just, I'm just seeing a lot of progression overall offensively. And, I mean, as much as when I criticize Hogan, I got to give him that same credit when he makes those adjustments to get the offense going. But to Chris's point, they got to stop starting slow. Like, what's taking so long in the game to call it up? Why not make an adjustment? I mean, I don't know. Whatever it is, it's different things. Like, we can't just pinpoint one thing, but the offense cannot keep starting slow. And that's the issue. In, in Rusty, uh, I checked the stats. Nine different receivers caught a pass today. So once again, Donovan is spreading it out. And that's what you like to see. Take advantage of it. And Man Jack got speed. He's got good hands too, but that, what we thought was a touchdown and was ruled out down at the half yard line based Should've on what, I don't know what the refs saw in the, in the monitor booth that Horrible. we don't, that's the, that's I guess we don't see. Because even the, the the Fox crew's own officiating supervisor said there's no camera, you know, goal line camera to get a better angle. And yet, minutes later, they turn it over and reverse the touchdown call. Based on what? <laughs> what did you see? Because there is no camera there. So what did you see to overturn that? Coop still scored. 
But offense was, has to start better. And the defense has to start better. It's like the defense is taking the, the opening drive to figure out what the, off, the opponent is doing. Mm, Got to figure that out. It was a foreshadow of what was to come, by the way. Also, we got to give a shout-out to Dalton Carnes as well. The walk-on yep. made big plays, big catches. He was one of those nine different receivers that caught a pass. Matthew Gold with seven catches for 88 yards. He had two touchdowns. Joseph Manjack was phenomenal. Joseph Manjack always ends up making some clutch um, catch every time for Houston. He just always seems to be in the right spot. He had six catches for 88 yards and a touchdown of in Self, like I mentioned, Carnes, he had five catches for 68 yards. Samuel Brown, four catches for 80 yards. And just top to bottom, that was a big reason. That was a key reason why they were able um, to be in the position they were at the end of the game. And even then, like Dayon, you mentioned, against mad coverage, against a Texans Longhorn defense that's just littered with five-star, four-star recruits, the top the cream of the crop when it comes to high school recruits. And they were consi- consistently leaving them in the dust and – Give, give kudos to Donovan Smith um, overall for his performance after that first quarter outside of that interception. When he's hot, when he's on fire and he's on point, I don't think anyone, I haven't seen any, well, when it comes to, you know, if you're going to not to compare Clayton Toon and, and Donovan Smith, but the ball he throws when he's on point, it's one of the best balls that I've seen thrown live. So Yeah, that, that deep pass to Man Jack was on the money. It was, a, it was superb, man. It was right there. He perfect, missed perfect. a couple Tight. throws, a couple th- throws um in the game but no quarterback is perfect but right. i i just see a maceration of him realizing maybe a little bit of timing i could just see him taking that next step and, and putting it all together and, and potentially being a first round he got the potential to be a first round draft pick with his measurables his talent i think for me and my opinion is just showing to be consistently that he can do it over a full season but as far as his efficiency, his decisiveness, his his completion percentage, all those things are, are well. He, I think he's being coached well, and um, he, he's playing to his strengths. They're playing to his strengths. I think here Finally. and there he misses a couple <laughs> throws, and, and I mean that four or five plays always decide a football game. But it's it's curious to me how the O line does such a solid job pass blocking. But it's struggling big time run blocking. I don't know what if I don't know what it is. Technique is different. What they're doing off, you know, off the line, off the snap, but something. That, because they'd have done a much better job keeping Donovan upright. But the run game, if it's not Donovan scrambling, it's just it's struggling. And today was another example of that struggle. I'm reading uh, a statement. Joseph Duarte of the Chronicle just tweeted, and he said that this was a statement released by the University of Houston that says, the University of Houston says the University of Texas Longhorn Band requested 400 tickets, which were fulfilled and accounted for by UH during the course of the week. The Longhorn Band asked for additional seats. Houston worked to accommodate that additional Request based on the availability and demand, the statement said. Um, so and I, I don't know, I'm trying to find that statement in itself, but maybe that's something about Houston and Texas and seat drama that I guess just a tradition that continues to have to happen when these two programs meet on the football field. 
but I digress. Looking ahead for the rest of the football season, Houston sits at three and four. They need three more wins to be ball eligible. What needs to happen in order for the Cougars to reach that watermark, that benchmark? And they have uh, winnable games coming when you think of Cincinnati, you think of Baylor, which uh, nowhere near close to the level that you expect them to be in the offseason. I of think course, all of these games are winnable. I don't think no game on their schedule is a game that you can look at and say, oh, we can't win that game. Kansas State and Oklahoma State. So two home games left, and that's Cincinnati and Oklahoma State. Rest are on the road down what needs to happen in order for Houston to be able to come away with those wins. Man, there isn't one thing that I think overall they, they have to control what they control and not beat themselves. You got to mm-hmm. try to eliminate the penalties in which they didn't have a lot of penalties, but the time of the penalties that they had hurt them, I think as well as you can try to eliminate those turnovers and just give yourself a chance to win. I think they're going to make the plays game in and game out. They're going to, the defense is going to be able to get stops at certain points to get the offense, the ball back. Like I sound like a broken record. Let's just continue to play complimentary football in certain spots. And if the offense is maybe having a slow start, then the defense, I mean, really just, I think Donovan Smith, he's the key. Forget, forget all the, the, the X's and O's talk. Donovan Smith is the key. I think he has what it takes to do so. I think he's the type of quarterback that can overcome maybe mediocre coach, offensive coaching or maybe mediocre coaching. And I think if, if he continues to grow in these situations, make more smarter plays, make more plays, put the ball in the receiver's hands more plays, then Houston can get it done. I like what I've seen from the defense from game in and game out. I think they've gotten better. I think their D-line has played better. And so the defense is doing their part. Offense is doing their part. Now it's just with them learning how to win as a team and executing down the stretch to win those games. That's the difference. Execution, not beat yourselves. Chris, what say you? Consistency. But think think about this. I think, was it after week one, week two, there were some folks saying that Donovan Smith should take a seat because he wasn't playing well. Remember that? Had the backup QB came in, looked good. San Houston State, it's a chance for, for him, for Donovan to take a break and see what, what the Cougs have. Not saying that anymore. <laughs> Donovan's playing well. He's, he's carrying the offense. But consistency, that first quarter better starts in the first quarter on both sides of the ball. And Dan touched on it in previous shows. The team, one game, the special teams let everybody down. Some game, the offense takes too too long to get started. Some game, the defense takes too long to get started. These last five games, if all three phases play well in the same game, then they have a chance to win all five of these games. That's the question again. Especially performance, on the performance, second quarter on today. I raise the bar. This is what I expect from them the rest of the season. It's up to them to show it and get it done on the field. Bad on to both the off points. Head coach Dana Hogerson actually said that to the radio 
um, to the radio, I guess, would it be called the broadcast? But he t- told Jeremy Branham at the halftime when he interviewed him, he says, it's amazing how good a football team can look like when they are playing complimentary football, specifically when it came to the offense because they started driving down the field and they scored those two touchdowns. Most importantly, they allowed the defense to get much-needed rest. And that, along with, combined with some questionable play calls from Steve Sark, led to Houston having momentum and being on the verge. Let's go. Uh, whenever they got that fourth down stop, burned those two timeouts, unable to capitalize when they got in that third and long situation. Donovan Smith got sacked, fumbled. But even then, holding them to a field goal, they just they were close. They weren't able to make the big play. Ultimately, they got them over the hump. And in many ways, you could say that that is what separates Houston from not only Texas, but being one of those top tier teams in the Big 12, at least as of now, today, October 21st, we're uh, here talking about Houston and Texas. You know, they're they're close, but they got to do it and show it. We see glimpses here and there. We've seen offensive excellence here and there. We've seen defense play well, sacks up the middle, pressure, pressure on the ends. Got to see it for four quarters. And then get that done, and who knows? Coop fans, you might as well get, start accepting the fact that Dana's going to be back next year. As we start to wind down here on today's episode of Let's Rage Coop, I'd like to remind that you are watching and or listening to Let's Rage Coop, presented by the Lazarus Law Firm. Founded Dan Lazaring founded the Lazaring Law Firm to provide legal representation to individuals who have been injured or arrested in the greater Houston area, including the surrounding counties such as Harris and Fort Bend County here in Texas. Mr. Lazaring understands that bad things sometimes happen to good people, worse false allegations are made every day. If you have been injured or find yourself in other legal trouble, call the Lazaring Law Firm at 281 720 8551 or visit Dan online at for consultation. Of course, we also like to say thank you to our secondary sponsor for today's episode of Let's Rage Cougs, and that is Star Pizza in multiple locations across the Houston area. Star Pizza is your go-to stop before or after the game. Next week's matchup for the Houston Cougars at Kansas State is going to be an early one. An 11 a.m. kickoff. It's been a while since the Houston Cougars had to kick off at 11 in the morning. But it's going to be an interesting uh, challenge to see where where Houston, what the intensity level is like against K-State compared to where it was today against the Longhorns. I think the confidence level has to be high within the locker room and in the football program amongst the players. Over these um, – over their Big 12 games, I think they should feel like if they clean up their what they can control in regards to penalties, turnovers, and maybe missed tackles, just little things in regards to their control, that I, I would think that they can feel that they can go and compete and win some of these games. We'll, we'll see. I, I hope you're right because, in a sense, K-State is a good team, solid team, solid program. But even some fans might think, well, it's not Texas. As long as the players can maintain that level of a, getting up for opponents and not just the big-name opponents, that's a sign of maturity going forward for a program. So we'll see what they do 11 a.m. next Saturday. I think the game's going to be on um, ESPN2. 
I think most importantly, just if you look at the remaining games on the schedule, and Chris, you're absolutely right, it's going to be on ESPN2 uh, for the 11 a.m. kickoff. Next year, Texas and Oklahoma are gone. I think there's an opportunity for Houston to see that. For, for anybody, the, it's, the door is open next yes. season. For there's going to be, team, there's gonna be yes. someone that has to step up and take it, and if Houston was able to compete with Texas and they have – were able to knock off West Virginia. They've shown that they've been able to compete with Texas Tech and, and TCU for half. Momentum. Maybe they can carry momentum into the to next football season and build from there. Well, all of us, all Kook fans know. Kook supporters know it, said it. It'd be good for the football team to prove it next season going forward. Big 12 schools, teams have been afraid of the Cougs being in a power conference because they're afraid of what that would entail. More revenue, better talent, better facilities, all those things, because they've always been afraid that if Houston got all those things, they'd be the king of the mountain. The doors open next year, starting next year, with the Horns as soon as gone, for someone to start assuming that mantle. We'll see who it's going to be. And I think they're climbing that mountain step by step, piece by piece, maybe slip here and there. I think they're on the way up from what I'm seeing, in my opinion. Like you, those things that you mentioned, the recruits are much better. And they continue to, 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 to build on that along with continuing to get some of these top-tier transfers. I think they're right there. Because there's one thing I think – I forget if it was Tim Brando or Spencer said during the game that a lot of the Longhorn – not a lot, but many of the Longhorn players were from the Houston area. Going for you cut sure. that in half, you cut that in half, or even more, keep them here at Houston. And that's what teams are afraid of happening at Houston. Think of the trigger down effects, because that's not only impacting Texas, that's also impacting that other school. Just a, a little bit north when it comes to Aggieland. Of course, yep. just across the Big 12 in general, when you think of TCU, Texas Tech, all those programs, even Oklahoma and the hotbed that is Houston for football recruiting. And yeah, the the talent pool in the city in and of itself is certainly deep. And you can start making a, a significant dent in that from a lot of these programs. The Houston program itself is going to look much different, potentially two years, even, even shorter down the road. They are able to start making a dent. And I think a game like today, could go a long way to being able to, to start chipping away at that um, recruiting pool that some other programs outside of Houston had in the market. Let's hope so. Out of the 300 recruits, you know, coach didn't say, obviously you can't say who they were, whatever like that, but if they were superior, you know, talent wise, very top four star, five stars, whatever you want to say, but talented players impact big 12 players. And they decide this is where I want to stay. I want to stay at home. That's part of the building of the program and becoming nationally relevant. Obviously, you can't get all of the five stars in the Houston area, but if they start getting, what, 20% of those and keep them from going to Texas, going to LSU, going to Oklahoma, going to A&M, that is a huge step forward for the program. 
And that's pretty much going to do it for today's episode of Let's Rage Cougs. Of course, you'd like to recap that the final score number eight, Texas, comes out to D- TDCU Stadium and they get into a dogfight. They got everything they could have asked for and more, like, but, but certainly a scare as they escape Houston 31 to 24 with a victory. And most importantly for the Longhorns, it's going to be interesting to see the status of their star quarterback in Quinn Ewers who had to go out of the game to I mean that could ultimately determine how far they go as they still have um, hopes for making the college football playoff um, although they're kind of battling an uphill battle in that regard um, but Chris I'm gonna toss it over to you any final points that you want to make and where can people find you thank you Andy thank you Dan thank you everybody for tuning in to Let's Rage Coos. We hope you enjoyed it. Thank you for your support always. Coos were close. They were close to proving Andy's guarantee correct. But officiating, interception, fumble here. The Coos came up short. But again, the performance today, second through fourth quarter, raised the bar for me for expectations. Let's see what they do starting next Saturday morning at K-State. Follow me at HoustonRoundBallReview.com and on Let's go to Linktree for slash Houston Round Bar Review for all the other links social media-wise as well. If you are a Rocket fan, I'm going to have a Rockets post-game show. Well, let's talk Houston Rockets probably around 8, 30, 9 o'clock tonight. So come back to or go to the Houston Round Bar Review on YouTube. As always, we appreciate it. We'll see you next Saturday. My name is Andy Honest. You can find me on X at Aonis underscore five. Most importantly, if you are watching on the Pod Slam and Jamma YouTube channel, be sure to hit the subscribe button if you are new to the channel or it's the first time ever discovering uh, the Let's Rage Cougs post game show. We do this after each and every men's and f- every men's basketball and football game period that's why we are the let's rage kooks post game show and if you're watching us on the houston round ball review youtube channel be sure to hit the subscribe button on that channel as well audio only platforms be sure to give us some ratings and we thank you for your time of course big shout out to the lazaring law firm for being a primary sponsor on today's episode of let's rage kooks and also star pizza for being a secondary sponsor as always dan i'll toss it over to you closes out you can find me on all social media platforms at Dayon Dunlap. It's always a pleasure to join Chris and Andy on the original Houston Cougars post-game show, often imitated, but you can't duplicate it. And so, um, Houston fans, stay with this program. Players, keep chomping, the, keep chomping at it, keep hitting that rock. I think they're, they're right there. I, I'm very impressed with it. The effort and the fight that they, I think, now just a few plays away. And but I think this program is headed in the right direction. I know we've been very critical, and rightfully so. We can only criticize what we see after each game. And so we appreciate all our fans, everyone sticking with us, join us, all the comments and everything. Of course, it's always go Cougs. <laughs>